Hey, everybody. It is me. It is Lenora from It's a New Dawn. And I am back. And uh, like I like to say, because I don't know if you guys listen every day or all the time, um, I don't know how often I'll be getting these podcasts out. It just so happens that lovely people like the person I'm having on today have been coming forward and um, asking to be on the podcast. Uh, yes, I've reached out to some people, but a lot of people are wanting to come in and uh, come on and share their stories. Um, so I'm going to keep going until I become, you know, more calmer and when I'm putting them out. So uh, today I'm sitting with the lovely Katie Hoffman. Okay. You are not related to Aura Hoffman. No. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, if you watched my podcast, I had an Oral Hoffman on too. And Katie, uh, I have met through TikTok and um, she wrote me a DM and asked and said that she might be ready to tell her story. And um, I think she's ready to share it today. Uh, I want everybody to have patience and uh, patience, 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 because you know what? I am a very sensitive person and Katie has expressed to me that she is too. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to cry. I don't, I don't know. But on her TikTok description, you have a warrior, survivor, victim, hero, and writer. So I'm going to uh, turn the camera over to her and uh, welcome Katie, I'm glad you're here with me. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm Katie Hoffman. Um, I'm 41 years old and I live in Indiana. I'm single. I don't have any children and I've never been married. Um, I was born with spina bifida, which basically means split spine. So um, there was, you know, I have a, I have a scar on, on the, my lower back. I am one of the lucky ones where I am able to walk, but I do wear leg braces and walk with crutches. But um, the majority of the people that I've met in my life with spina bifida are confined to wheelchairs. So that is just something that, you know, I, I am fortunate that I am able to walk. Mm -hmm. um, I've lived in Indiana my whole life. I've got two younger sisters. Um, Liz is 38 and Sam is almost 29. Um, I've, I've been through a lot. You know, I've, I've had to literally fight to survive since the day I was born. I was in and out of the hospital a lot as a kid, um, multiple surgeries, different things. Um, my parents didn't know how I was going to, I guess, quote unquote, uh, interact with normal children, you know, when I started school. So, you know, that was always a, a factor in it. Um, I, I did go to regular school throughout. I went to, I did 13 years of Catholic schools and um, it, it wasn't easy. School was not easy for me. I struggled, you know, academically. I was bullied on a daily basis, whether it was, you know, face to face or behind my back. Um, I would hear teachers making fun of me, you know, on a daily basis, I'd be crying in the bathroom, like, these are teachers, these are the people that are supposed to mold, you know, mold us and make us the people that we are, you know, as we're growing, 
And I would literally be sitting in the bathroom sobbing because these teachers were talking to each other, saying how, you know, how stupid I was or how um, unmotivated I was or just these horrible things. How I was never going to amount to anything. And so I would carry these things throughout my life. And when I was 10 years old, my parents um, had my sister and I go to a a day camp here in in the town that I live in. And um, I was the only kid there with any sort of physical challenges, which always, you know, you stick out if if that is the case. And, um, And so because of that, the camp director took a special interest in me, I guess is the right word. She, you know, was, was always right there beside me. She was, you know, would, would always just make sure that I was doing everything right, always trying to help me. Um, and one day, actually it was the first day of camp, she, I said I had to use the restroom. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to the restroom. And um, I was, you know, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, she she walks into the into the into the bathroom stall it must not have locked or something i i don't remember or she didn't lock it and um she basically takes my clothes off and starts molesting me and if if someone is because of the of the spina bifida if i don't have my crutches within reach or you know can i get away crawl away there's nothing that i can do and so i'm literally like laying there paralyzed in fear, but also physically paralyzed because I cannot move. And I was I'm in so, the back I'm of my I'm so, so happy. I'm so, so sorry. So sorry that happened to you. So Thank you. very, very sorry. Um, How old were you? How um, old were you? My best recollection is probably nine or 10 years old because I know my youngest sister hadn't been born yet. And I was almost 13 when she came along. So between like eight and 10 is my best because I didn't, I never said anything to anybody. This would, this went on every single day for an entire week of camp. I would go home begging and crying my, my parents not to send me back. But when they asked me what was going on, I wouldn't say anything because this woman literally put the fear of God in me. She's like, I know where you live. If you say anything to your parents, to the police, I will, I will come to your parents' house and I will hurt you. I will hurt your family. And I was like, and I mean, I was 10 years old or, you know, between eight and 10. And I'd never known anybody that this had happened to, you know, I mean, I, my parents are to this day have been married 45 years. You know, it was a very, I guess, normal childhood from that aspect that, you know, the people that I hung out with and literally every day. And finally my mom asked me one day, she's like, why don't you want to go back? What's, what's, what's going on? Why is, why is this so hard for you? And she knew I was the only kid there with any sort of physical differences. And she's like, are the kids making fun of you? Are you being bullied? You know, what's, what's going on? So instead of telling her the truth, I said, yeah, the kids are making fun of me. You know, I was being bullied. And I, I kept that secret for 20 to 25 years from absolutely everyone i never told a soul i buried it so deep that by the time i came out it was so hard to talk about because i had not told anyone and it came out in therapy 
And so, you know, I went through my entire life with this secret, um, you know, being bullied on a daily basis, whether it was kids at school, teachers, my parents. Um, I've always been treated differently by my parents. I have two younger sisters and I've never been treated the same or at, even remotely like them. Um, you know, my when, you, so always, when you when you say differently, how what do you mean differently? Like like that your even parents to, treat you. Like my parents, you know, they they're very overprotective, more overprotected protective of me than my than my younger sisters or mm -hmm. they never let me experience things in life that my sisters would experience, whether it was going to a school dance or excuse me, um doing whatever activity it was they never like said well why don't you try it and see if it works and if it does great if it doesn't we'll figure something else out you know mm -hmm. they they just kind of basically said no my mm -hmm. entire life and um i mean and you know I, I i got into high school and i was you know bullied in high school i had kids that would you know call me cripple or, you know, ugly or fat or stupid, or, I mean, I've been called every name in the book. And mm -hmm. um, my parents didn't think I was gonna graduate high school, let alone get into college. I mean, they, they would tell me these things to my face. Teachers mm -hmm. called me stupid to my face. Um, I mean, it was, it was terrible. And, and I, I have the type of, um, I don't know what the, the word is, but, I'm very, like, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong, even if it kills me, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and I, I, I guess tenacities might be the good word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I was like, okay, so you don't think I'm going to graduate high school. Okay. I'm going to graduate high school. I did. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Were my grades fabulous? No, but I did. I graduated high school. I, you don't think I'm going to get into college? I'm going to work my butt off to get into college. And I did. I graduated with three different college degrees. Um, oh. Yeah. You know, and so I've always had the, you know, if you tell me, if you tell me no enough times, I'm going to work at it until I can do it and prove to myself that, you know, I have a purpose. I have worth. I have, you know, meaning there is a reason that I'm still here. Um, mm -hmm. And even like when I was 17, um, my best friend in high school was graduating because she was two years ahead of me. And that was, that was devastating because she was like the, my rock. She was the one that would protect me. She was the one that I could always go to if something was wrong, if I couldn't go to my parents, because I basically didn't go to my parents because of the way they treated me. And mm -hmm. um, she was graduating and I was, I was depressed, I was angry, I was sad, and that was the, that would have been the first time that I attempted suicide, it was at the age of 17. I was a sophomore in high school. And um, I, I never told a soul. I was alone in my parents' house, and I never told a soul. And um, that would actually happen, I probably have attempted suicide probably 20 times since the age of 17, and I'm almost mm -hmm. 42. And the last time was five years ago. Um, mm -hmm. My last actual attempt was five years ago. And um, when I was 21 years old in college in Southern Indiana, 
I went to my very first fraternity party with some girlfriends and I'd never had alcohol before. I'd never been to parties before. I just, I just, that was not something that I did growing up, even in high school. And, um, the last thing I remember is I, I remember drinking some alcohol, but the last thing I remember of that night is waking up the next morning on a couch completely alone with nothing on from the waist down, completely naked, nothing on from the waist down. And I'm laying there and there's literally the house is completely silent. And my heart just dropped because I was like, Oh my God. Uh, I can't even imagine how you, Oh, I mean, it was, I mean, I was, I was sobbing. I was screaming for somebody to somebody and finally somebody came and gave me my car keys and I, I drove back to my dorm and um, I mean, I'd never been away from home before. This was, you know, like I was in high school and then this was it. And I was like five hours away from home. And um, so of course the first thing that I do is I drive back to my dorm, I lock the door and I just, I literally just sit in the shower I don't, I, I, and I know now, obviously that was not the right thing to do, but I was, I was young. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anybody I could turn to. And no, you didn't know what to do. You don't, I didn't know what to do. I totally I, confused. I you don't even know where you were. Exactly. At the time, I, I mean, I was a virgin at, the, virgin at the time, so I had no idea what was going on. And, um, I, so I didn't tell, I didn't tell anybody and I got into this really deep, dark, you know, depression and like I was hearing rumors around campus that, um, every girl at that party had been raped, that, um, that the party had been videotaped and that this video was like around, I mean, this was before streaming, a lot of streaming. So this video was being shared throughout campus. Oh. And I'm and I'm going and this was two weeks before graduation, two weeks before I was supposed to graduate and go on to another school. And um, I, I I tell you, it was like the worst because I didn't I never got any like real truth. And when the campus police stopped me one night to ask me about that party, um, they said, you know, what do you remember? We're hearing different stories, and I'm like honestly, I don't really remember anything. And, um, I will never forget this until the day I die. And I, I literally like almost, this was the worst. This campus police officer, he had to be in his early to mid twenties, not much older than me, Mm -hmm. um, looked me in the eye and said, well, you deserve to be raped because you were drinking and disabled. Oh my God. Oh, and I literally almost just God. dropped to the ground. Oh. And I'm like, and it's like oh. nine o'clock at night. So it's dark. It's December. It's cold. And I have this police officer telling me that I deserved to be raped because I was oh drinking and phys- physically God. disabled. Oh, my God. Um, when you talk about how words can make a difference in somebody's life, right? Yeah. Oh, and I mean, I will horrible. never forget that conversation as long as I live in it's 20, it's been 20 years. Oh. And, you know, and I, so I didn't tell anybody, I kept that secret for 
nine years. Um, jump to 2009, I'd gotten into therapy. I'd, I'd graduated. I'd gone on to Ball State. I'd, you know, graduated with my bachelor's degree. Things were going better. Um, I met this guy. We started dating. Um, we, you know, were having a good time. We were in love. We were engaged to be married. And this was probably 2002, 2003. Um, sorry, I backtracked a little bit. And um, we were living in an apartment together. And he was diagnosed with, he, I woke up to him having a grand mal seizure, grand mal seizure next to me in bed. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen one of those before. And it was the scariest thing. And so he was diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 25. Mm-hmm. I was 23 or 24 at the time. And so I had to call my parents who were not happy we were living together anyway um, and tell them. And, you know, when you're 25 years old, you're no longer a student. You don't have your parents' health insurance. You can't afford chemo. Like Mm -hmm. it's really expensive. Even back then it was super expensive. So we spent the entire summer trying to get, get him treatment. And I came home last night or came home one night and tried and found him trying to hang himself in our apartment. And, um, he's, he was six foot four and about three forty. I'm barely five foot four and was probably 150 at the time. Um, I guess lucky for him and for me, I was able to stop him. He was angry at me, but I was able to stop him. And this is when the abuse started. He would, you know, yell at me, scream at me, throw things at me, hit me. Um, you know, and, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was considered domestic violence. We weren't married. We weren't, you know, in a committed, you know, marriage or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, I, I stayed because he was sick. And I was like, I told you I'm not going to leave. So this went on for quite a few months. And then I found him um, trying to kill himself again. A couple of months later, he was trying to overdose. And I was, I, I called my parents and they're like, you're done. They're like, it's not safe for you. They didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. They just knew that he was trying to commit suicide. And um, so, yeah, at the age of 24, I moved back in with my parents. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we tried to make the relationship work long distance, you know, it was a couple hours away, but he needed, he needed help and he wasn't yeah. getting the help. And mm-hmm. I was getting the help that I needed to, to get through mm-hmm. all of this stuff. So it unfortunately ended. Um, which I, I look back on it now and it was probably the best decision ever to end that relationship. But at the time, you know, I'm 24 years old and I'm in love and I told this person I was never going to leave. So that was really hard. Um, so I, that wasn't, that wasn't your responsibility though. No, and it wasn't. It wasn't. And whatever happened to him in his brain cancer? Um, I, I, well, last I heard, which has been quite a few years, he had finally gotten married. Um, he had had, he had actually had surgery a month before we broke up down at um, Duke University. They would, they were willing to remove the brain tumor. Um, nobody would do it in Indiana. So, okay. um, but I don't know. We lost contact. So I don't know what, 
if he is still living. But you, but you also said that he was abusive to you. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and at that time, your brain, like you've done so much work since then mm-hmm. on, on yourself. So yeah, you would not, you would not stand for that now. You, oh, absolutely you, you would not. Have, yeah, you would have so much respect for yourself and know that you are worthy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it took a lot so. because um, in, back in 2010, and it'll be 10 years in November, I was raped again in my apartment by a coworker. Um, we were hanging out. There were a bunch of us here hanging out, and everybody left. He must have somehow either jimmied the door so it wouldn't lock even though I physically locked it when everybody left and he showed up he was drunk even though he was supposedly sober um and I said no I said no to sex and he didn't take no for an answer and he raped me four times in a two and a half hour period because he would rape me I would try to get away because he would pass out. He would grab me because I can't get very far with the crutches right, in a, right, on right. the 11th floor of a building. So, Are you in this, in this apartment now? Yeah, where I live. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wow. stayed. Yeah, oh. I stayed. It, it, took, it took me a while of a lot of therapy and a lot of soul searching, but I finally realized if I was to leave and I was to start over completely, he would win. Because oh, exactly what he, I was going to say. Because Bingo. he wasn't, I, I, I did the rape kit. I did the, the police report. I reported absolutely everything down to the letter and nothing was done. Because he didn't beat the crap out of me and he didn't get me pregnant was what I was told by the, the oh, prosecutor's oh office. God. It's almost yeah. like, uh, you know, it's not even real what you're saying to me. Like, uh, Some, uh, as far as what the police are saying, and there's good police out there. Yes, you know, there, there, there are, are good, there are great, and I appreciate them. But to hear what happened when you were young and so impressionable, and that just kills me because we talked about this before in the podcast how, like, this is like words can be so damaging mm-hmm. to your life. And yeah. to hear that at that at young age, the first thing that you were told by mm-hmm. that cop, and then to hear this, it's, it's just crazy. It is. And I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I'm almost 42 years old. And up until June, no, July, July of this year, after being on TikTok for a couple of months, um, and working on myself and working with Dylan and, you know, just getting all of the love and the support that I didn't get for the first, you know, 40 years of my life. um, Excuse me. I was finally able to say for the very first time that I loved myself mm-hmm. regardless of what I look like, what my weight. Yeah. And it was the most amazing feeling ever. I'd never uttered the words. I know. I'm I so, love myself. I'm like, you, that is, I'm, oh, that makes I know. And so it, happy. It, it, that makes me cry, but yes, it's going to make me cry. Cause it's, it's especially for women. I'm not saying men don't have this cause I'm not discriminating, but no. for women, <sighs> look in a mirror and say, I love you, like with meaning. That, mm-hmm. that is really hard. It is. And I'm talking about experience, too. I, <sighs> that makes me so happy 
that yeah, and, and that's, and that's what I do. It's so life changing, and, and to say it, say it with all your soul and and with meaning, not just like like when I tell people your thoughts and actions shape your reality. Say it with meaning. You know what I mean? Like don't mm-hmm. just blah blah blah. You know, and mm-hmm. and and look in that mirror. I love you. I love what my body has done for me. Oh, I love the strength of my body. I love the power of my brain. I love me. That's because my body, like, had, yeah, beautiful. exactly. It had, my body had betrayed me for so many years, whether it was the physical, you know, differences or, you know, the multiple sexual assaults, you know, I'd never loved my body because nobody mm-hmm. had treated it, you know, me with the love and respect that I deserved. And so to say those words, and I, I mean, I was in my apartment by myself when I said them for the very first time, and, and that is fine. You know, nobody else needs to hear them, but being able to like, and I, I'll be honest with you, it was really late at night. So the very first person that I sent a message to the next day was Dylan. And, you know, I How sent him. My, I, yeah. I'm not surprised you're going to say that. No, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> no. You know, and, and, you know, because he and I are, you know, we're, we're family and, you know, he's helped me so much and just, you well, know, for God, those you're... who don't know, for those who don't know who Dylan is, because not everybody watches my podcast. Yeah. Why not people? Why not? <laughs> anyway, tell, no, tell them fine. who Dylan is. Uh, Dylan Sessler is someone that I met on TikTok when I joined in April. Um, I'd seen one of his videos telling his story and it hit me because we haven't been through all of the same things, but we've, we've been through some of the same things and we just connected and he's the reason that I've, I've told my story on TikTok that I've didn't mm-hmm. done the videos that I've sent you or I told my story a couple of weeks ago on my live for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the reason that I'm going to eventually right now, I'm not, but eventually going to finish writing my book, mm-hmm. you know, because it's my story means something. And I actually, yes, it does. For the, and, it, and, it, and I love my story for the first time. You know, I didn't love my story for a very, very long time because it was a lot of negative and it was a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, bad, bad decisions or bad, bad people or bad, bad things. And he's like, you have to love and embrace your story because Mm -hmm. you can't go back and change any of it. Mm -mm. And he's right. Mm -mm. And, and people ask me that they're like, if you could go back and change anything that's happened to you in the last 41 years, what would you change? And I can finally say with emphasis and love and respect for myself, I wouldn't change a thing. I would literally not change anything. That's so true. We say that. Like I, I'm talking about experience here. Like what, what I told you, we're more alike than we are different. Um, you know, I don't know if you know my story, if you watched the video of what, I, what I've been through. Um, I said it a few times on the podcast now, just to, I've had Dylan on here uh, a few podcasts back. So if you wanna know what Kate's talking about, just listen to that. But um I honestly would not change a thing because there is no way that I would be this person who is sensitive, empathetic, uh, love 
every type of person that comes from me abusing my body with bulimia for so long. Uh, I am a personal trainer and truth, but like just what I said about Michaela, who was on, she didn't want to approach me because she saw my, uh, my um, description, my personal training. She saw my pictures mm -hmm. and she felt, I guess she felt a little inadequate. I don't know. I don't know. Those weren't her words, but something like that, that hurt me. That me that hurt me so deeply because from from my trauma and things that I've experienced, it's, it has made me this accepting person mm -hmm. of all. So Absolutely. no, I would not. So with conviction, I say, would not change a thing. Would not. Absolutely, and I wouldn't either. It's, and that's it's for the exact same reasons. You know, I mean, I was I was bullied. I was everything. All of the bad things that were happened to me you know, made me who I am today, the empathetic, loving, and, you know, I, I love everyone. I, I, I do not hate the people that, that abused me. I do not hate the people that raped me. I do not hate my parents, you know, I mean, I, and I've forgiven all of them. And people are like, how could you forgive these people who brutally raped you? And I was like, I'm not forgiving them for what they did. I'm forgiving them so that I can move on with my life and that mm -hmm. I can have a life of my own and not have to live in the shadows of all of that. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, you know, it's, it it's not, it's sense. not forgiving them for what they've done. It's forgiving them so I can move on. Mm -hmm. And it took me a and, long and time to do that because I didn't get justice in any of any of the, the cases, you know, mm -hmm. none of the cases went, nothing was done. So mm -hmm. I didn't get justice. Mm -hmm. Then I know they will at some point, you know, I, I have that belief that they will get theirs at some point, but you know, I didn't get the justice that I felt that I deserved. So mm -hmm. I had to forgive them and move on and learn and to you know, not every, free. not every, not everybody's gonna forgive, you know, no. I believe in it set me free, but you know, it's not, a, you know, not everybody is ready to do that. You have to do that on your own time frame if it ever comes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, and as far as karma goes, I've talked about this a lot of times, like they're going to get theirs. We don't even have to wish that upon people. It just, it just happens, you mm -hmm. know, if you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't even, I let God take care of that and, and, or whatever you believe in, or I just don't mm -hmm. even worry about that. I just work on myself and being a better person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so where, like, is there more to this, to the story? Um, Do you want to? I mean, I'm, I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually, I said this to Dylan the other night because I have cried and shown more emotion since being on TikTok in April than I have in my entire 41 years. And I was like, this may sound weird, but I've never been happier. Even though I may cry almost every other day, I've never felt happier in my entire life. It makes and such perfect sense. It makes perfect sense, Kate, because yeah. those tears are releasing that happiness inside of you. Think mm -hmm. of those tears as this block that you had for all these years, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're releasing that, that kink in the, in the hose. And yes. then it's just, mm -hmm. and underneath there is you. Absolutely. 
that is you, this beautiful person who can smile and share and yeah. help others, right? Exactly, right? you know, and, and I've had multiple people send me messages on TikTok saying that they've seen my, my story videos or they've seen my lives and I've, I've stopped them from committing suicide or I've convinced young women to step up and tell their own stories, you know, and it's, it gives me, I mean, I have goosebumps right now just talking about it because it's, it's so humbling. I never thought that my story was going to have an impact on so many lives. Right. And, and that's I'm what you're doing realizing now. It. Look mm -hmm. what you're doing now. Look exactly. what you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, DM like, me, you DM me and I'm, I think I'm ready to tell it. This is exactly what's going to happen. And then from you, even if you affected only one person, when I say only one person is just as important as, a hundred thousand or whatever, but that exactly. one person, Hey, you know what? Wow. I, I don't know. Maybe I should tell my story, you know, and then yes. it, and as it goes, right. Right. So and I that's am all, so honored. Said, if, if, yes. if any of my videos hit one person, whatever video it is, if it affects one person, then I've, I've done what I came to do. You right. know, I, that's right. one person. I don't need, viral i don't need a million followers I, or friends or whatever if, if it affects one person or if i can save one life then then it's all worth it to me everything oh, that i've been through definitely definitely worth it you you are worth it yeah thank you i love it um so anything else like what's going on now i mean i know we talked about tiktok and mm -hmm. everybody who has <laughs> everybody every single every single sit down has been somebody from TikTok, but yeah. TikTok honestly is such a great, I talk about this before that support system, your mm -hmm. connection are two big pillars in total health, wellness, mind, body, heart, all that connection. It is very important to feel that you are supported and that you have community. Um, I feel like TikTok has been a wonderful, wonderful platform for everybody I've spoken to. Absolutely. So, I and mean, it's been the best yeah. decision I've ever made. Um, mm -hmm. I have an amazing support system, you know, family, these people, I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be family for life. And you know, know, they've shown me nothing but love. I have not gotten a one rude comment on a video. You know, I've gotten nothing but love and support throughout, you it. know, telling my story. I love so it. yeah, I love it. Keep talking, Kate, right? Keep talking. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's just wonderful. You, you, I'm so happy for you. My heart. Thank you. My heart is just loving you. Oh, thank you. you. I love you oh, too. <laughs> I love you too. We don't know each other. Same thing with but, Lindy. We said the same thing. We feel that connection, feel it through the phone here. Um, yeah. uh, what I ask everybody is at the end, do you have any beautiful or anything, any parting words that you would like to share with our audience listeners? Any part of me? Any parting words? Oh, parting, any parting words. Parting words. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess I would say the only thing I could think of to say would be don't, don't be embarrassed by your story. Don't, don't hide behind your story and what you've been through because I did it for 41 years and it, it is, it, it is who you are and it, 
it's going to impact someone. So don't, don't hide behind the negative. Don't, don't be scared because I was scared, you know, and it was it. the best decision I ever made to tell my story. I love it. Thank you for sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Amen. Thank Amen. You. I love it. Hang out for one second. Um, do you, uh, do you want to just put your TikTok up for on the show notes? For yeah, people? that's fine. Yes. Do you have any, do you have anywhere else? Do you want? Um, they can go to Insta. I have, my Instagram is on my TikTok. Um, oh, okay. So they can just so, click on and yes, it's, it's okay, like so gonna, TikTok. Okay. So I'm going to put your so. TikTok info. So okay. if you want to reach out to her, she's there, but just hang out for one second. So anybody who's heard this before, put your plugs in because I do this every podcast at the end. I give out my Google phone number just because if you guys want to get in touch with me for anything, if you want to be on the show, if you want to give me any ideas, if you want to give me any feedback, um, my Google number is 609-429-4058. That's also going to be in the show notes. Um, my only bar, nutritional bar that I eat that is packaged, the only packaged good I eat, they, they do not sponsor this show. I happen to be an affiliate and ambassador of this uh, company, but I just love the bar so much that I talk about it every single show. It's called the Aurora Bar. Uh, it is vegan, but any diet, you can eat it. It is protein packed, uh, probably has, uh, I think it's 19 to 21 grams each bar, which is very high in protein. 11 to 13 net carbs, meaning it's low in sugar, no artificial sweeteners. Uh, it's put together by coconut oil, which is really good for the brain. The brain is 60% fat. Uh, coconut nectar, blackstrap molasses, a little bit of Himalaya salt. 10% of all their net proceeds go to feed hungry children worldwide which i just love about the company so check them out but if you are going to buy please go to my affiliate um page and it will be listed in the show notes it'll help me and it will help them okay so on that note thank you so much kate for thank joining you. me i i hope you felt comfortable and i did you thank know, you so much good. i'm so glad and bless you and keep telling your story, okay? I will, absolutely. All right. Love Thank you. you. Everybody have Love a wonderful too. and blessed day.